What's happening with it? This is Slink Johnson, a.k.a. Black Jesus, your Lord and Savior. And you're listening to the Red Rock Podcast Network. How you love that? You are listening to the Red Rock Podcast Network. Featuring Pod of Thrones and the Shiznit. From Red Rock Studio in Los Angeles, California, this is The Shiznit Show, with your hosts, Kenda McGee, Damon the Weasel Standifer, Charlie Bell, and Dino Red. Now put your hands together for The Shiznit Show. Welcome back to another episode of The Shiznit Show. We realize that you have a choice in your podcast listening, and we appreciate you listening to us. So, there's no girls today, or at least not right now. Uh, Charlie Bell may be joining us. Kenda may or may not be joining us. I think she's coming down with something. So, it's just the fellas holding it down today, and I am actually going to change the today's podcast and it's going to be officially known as the he-man woman haters club <laughs> so let the meeting begin here 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 poor alfalfa poor poor alfalfa <laughs> darla done fucked him over again <laughs> Alfalfa stuck in the friend zone, man. <laughs> Darla was a fickle little bitch, boy. <laughs> well, Darla was, you know, she she couldn't help herself, man. Darla was like, uh, 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 she, uh, she um, you know, she would send alfalfa mixed messages, man. She just she just liked the attention. You That's know? what I mean. She was fickle. <laughs> she was like the original tension whore. <laughs> she was fickle. One minute she was down with alfalfa, the next minute she, you know, be, be into the the dude who had the 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 uh, nicest uh, Waldo. Waldo, yeah. Waldo with the because Waldo had the the dope ass you know boat, the motorboat. Well, you got to admit, man. I, you know, if I were in dollar shoes, I'd be going for Waldo too. <laughs> Well, that's because you're a whore. <laughs> <laughs> you're a money grubbing whore. <laughs> and she was in the butch too, right? She liked she, the she liked the bad boy, right? Yeah, she liked all the wrong everybody but the nice guy. <laughs> so, which you know was just t- letting us know from the get go, from the giddy up back mm-hmm. in the day that mm-hmm. you know girls don't dig the nice dudes. I, you know what? I, I would have liked to have seen an episode where Darla hooked up with Buckwheat. 
<laughs> Feels like a, a porn uh, spoof there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Darling Buckwheat sitting in a tree. <laughs> well, Darla's sitting in the tree. Buckwheat is hanging from the tree. <laughs> Little rascals that you've never seen them before. <laughs> Dirty Darla. <laughs> and Big Black Buckwheat. <laughs> yeah, his name was Buck. Right, right. right. Buckwheat. <laughs> Damn. Were there were there any other? I mean, I guess there were other. Like, but once Darla came into the uh, gang, was there any other girls? girls? Yeah, there there were other girls, but uh, Darla was definitely like the you know the the head chick there. Yeah, I don't the there, alpha female. Yeah, I don't think there was as many lead girls as uh, around for as many episodes as Darla. So yeah. I think that's why Darla's the one who stands out because you know. Well, she was part of the classic lineup, right? The, the you know. Was, Darla, Alfalfa, Spanky, yeah. Buck, Buck, Wheat. Right. <laughs> I tell you what, Miss Crabtree could get it. Oh, Miss Crabtree was hot, dog. Yeah, Miss yeah. Crabtree could get it. Yeah. You and, know. She, and she was in the fat dudes, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> Chubsy <right>. Wubsy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, interesting piece of trivia. I think, I think the woman who played. Miss um, Crabtree, mm-hmm. I think she was like one of she was an original member of our gang mm-hmm. back when they were in the silent um, mm. from the silent era. Okay, yeah, and they had uh, her and like her boyfriend was also somebody from the silent era. I, I forgot, but I know Jackie was jealous of him. Uh, the the adult that came in there and tried to tried to hit up uh, Miss Crabtree, mm. you know, so Jackie took him out. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever met a person in real life that had that last name? Crabtree? Yeah. Not a person, but there's a, a football player, Michael Crabtree. Okay. Uh, uh, I think so he, then, yeah, you have heard of a real person. Oh, yeah, heard of, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, He. I think he's a receiver for the 49ers, or he was a receiver for the 49ers. Yeah, that's the only place I'd ever heard that name before, so I was, yeah. I was always wondered about that name, like Crabtree. That's like a... Yeah, that's how, that sounds. That could be like a, a, a you know, a, a venereal disease or something. Someone's got crab trees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> crab trees growing out my lawn. <laughs> For real though. Yeah. So what's, so what's been up, man? What's going? Oh uh, man, on? I, I'm, I, you know, my name is uh, Damon the Weasel Standifer, <laughs> and I'm a footballaholic. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was checking out the uh, NFL draft uh, this 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 week. Okay, uh, and the, you know the thing that's the thing that's sick uh, about me mm-hmm. uh, is like I, I'm a Ram fan, which you know is is uh, pretty sick in of itself. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of a lot of people are like I'm I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> How long have you had that problem? Oh, I've had the problem <laughs> since 1975. Ah, wow. Yeah, used to used to watch them always lose in the playoff, and then. You know, in recent years, they just they didn't even bother to get to the playoffs. So, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so like for all all like the last two weeks, uh, the Rams traded up to get to the number one pick, and for the past two weeks, they've just been hearing they're going to draft Jared Goff. They're going to draft Jared Goff, 
and I knew, okay, they're going to draft Jared Goff, but I couldn't turn away, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, I'm looking at the, I'm looking, I'm reading everything I can on the guy, and then I'm reading, uh, you know, uh, possible, uh, reading the scouting reports and all that stuff, and, and you know, that they go ahead and, and, and pick him, and I'm like, man, I, I, why can't I pull myself away from this crap? You know, it's like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to remember any of these people. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's like every, I don't know, I don't remember who the fuck got drafted. <laughs> but I, I spent so much time reading, you know, reading all like, uh, like the year, uh, the year Michael Sam got drafted. Man, I was like, yeah. I was like reading everything on on Michael Sam. And yeah, getting into arguments with people about, well, you know, he didn't get drafted. He's not the only one who didn't get drafted. Uh, right, right, <laughs> right. <laughs> there, there been there have been Heisman Trophy uh, winners who didn't get drafted. Uh, what's his name? Who played for the Knicks? Um, uh, that they always used to say, oh, he's a Heisman Trophy. Oh, guy. Charlie Ward. Charlie Ward. Yeah, he didn't get drafted. You know. Yeah. And he won the Heisman Trophy. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, and then, you know, uh, uh, and then, uh, and then of course, I uh, I had to pull pull myself away uh, for a little while when I found out uh, Luke Walton got got uh, hired as the Laker uh, coach. How do you feel about that? Um, I feel good. <laughs> you knew that I would. <laughs> Yeah, like a, my dad and I were saying, it's like it, it can't do any worse. Yeah, yeah. You know, we we were like the literally the second to worst record in the whole league. Yeah. So I guess we could do slightly worse. Yeah. but <laughs> that's not really. You know, that's uh, second to last. Last, mm, that's, <laughs> that's you know, yeah, that's semantics. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, because I, I was thinking, you know, because uh, I was afraid. I was hearing names like. Uh, uh, oh God! Uh, like Mark Jackson, and uh, I was like, "Oh God, no! Please not Mark Jackson." You don't like Mark, but Mark is kind of the one who got Golden State to where they are. Yeah, but um, poor, poor Mark though. He didn't yeah. get any of the credit. Yeah. Well, Mark, man, he he's like he's like he's old school too, though, man. He's he's like into isolation, <laughs> you know, isolation, and then uh, you know, throw up a three or something mm-hmm. like that, you know. So you feel uh, like we, we, you want a coach that's a little more modern? Yeah, okay. yeah, and I think I think Luke Walton is uh, is, is that way. He's he, you mm-hmm. know because he said he's not, you know, because uh, the thing that the 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 press is into, they're like. Uh, you know, like, oh, okay. Well, next year Phil's gonna come in here, and Phil likes Bill. I mean, uh, Luke, and they're gonna run the triangle. Mm-hmm. And uh, Luke's like, no, I'm not running the triangle. I'm running. I'm running the modern offense. Right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, I wasn't out there. I wasn't like, yeah, we gotta hire Luke. We gotta hire Luke. Right. But, right. But you know, once they hired him, you know, they're like, like oh, okay, not yeah, a bad choice. Yeah. Yeah. They're. They're, uh, you know, they're, they're worse, you know, worse choices. You know, could have brought back Dale Harris. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I thought they were going to follow the trend of hiring former Chicago uh, coaches and uh, hire, hire that dude that uh, got fired in the middle of the season. Um, Was it Thibodeau? Not Thibodeau. Not Thibodeau. Um, uh, uh, Cleveland. Um, um, Thibodeau uh, was Chicago. I would have liked Thibodeau. But, right. Uh, also, you you meant of uh, hiring former former Cleveland. Cleveland? Oh, okay, because yeah, they, oh, they had Mike Brown or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They, they had Mike Brown, Byron Scott, and I uh, figured they were going to go for another ex Cleveland coach. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so. Mm-mm. Yeah, man. Mm. I I I, uh, I don't know. You know, Luke's uh, he's he's young. He's mm. been assist. He's been assistant up there in uh. With the Warriors, yeah. So um, hopefully he's learning some stuff. But um, 
you know, I not to take anything away from anybody, but I'm just I'm not sure how much of that is Steve Kerr. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it seems kind of a perfect storm to me. Like you know, and I think Mark Jackson did a lot of the dirty work mm-hmm. before he got there. Yeah. But uh, well, you know, I mean, there's certain like you know, with uh, I mean, Phil Jackson came in uh, after Dell Harris, and you know, there's certain there you know, and there's certain coaches who can uh, get you so far. I can't remember the guy who was right. um, God, uh, the guy who was a coach in Chicago before Phil Jackson. I can't remember his name, but uh, anyway, they they. You know, they may lay the foundation, but they can't get over the hump. You right, know? right. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I think I think uh, I think Steve Kerr recognized that this needed to be a more free flowing offense, needed to move the ball more. And uh, Jackson was like, you know, old school isolation, isolation ball, mm-hmm. uh, hero ball, which, you know, doesn't really work. And so, yeah, you know, Jackson, you know, he he instilled the fact that he thought that uh, that that that. Uh, uh, Thompson and uh, and Curry. Uh, Curry Curry were the best two guards in the league, and you know he was right about that. But he just you know he couldn't he couldn't get him over the hump. Mm. Plus, you know he seemed to have a problem dealing with management. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and that's always a problem. Always a problem. Yeah. <laughs> so what's up with you, man? What's going on in uh, in uh, Dino World, man? I can't even call it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I just been you know kind of the same old same old stuff, whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know what I want to do before we get into the show, mm-hmm. and I want to. It's been a it's been a minute since I have really have kind of given props to some other podcasts, some other shows out there. So oh, okay. I want to do that. I want to talk about some uh, some other shows. The first show I want to talk about that's back is. Pot of Thrones, hashtag Pot of Thrones, P O T, which is uh, our show here on mm-hmm. the Red Rock Podcast Network. We are back because Game of Thrones is back, baby. <laughs> we got uh, two two episodes out already. Mm-hmm. Um, we had the uh, uh, season five recap. Mm-hmm. So if you guys you know or kind of find yourself a little lost or can't remember because it's been you know a year and a lot of stuff happened, you can go ahead and check that out and catch up. We'll catch you up and you'll you know be able to go ahead and tackle the new season with some you know that that confidence (laughs) you know that's what's what's going on in westeros and all the drama over there so that's the first show but um there's a show uh i've mentioned it before a friend of mine a fellow podcaster amber p knight she has a podcast called black chick watching Mm. and uh it is mostly for black chicks but it's Mm. not only for black chicks Mm -hmm. like you know anybody could enjoy it if you're into Black chicks, <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you're, yeah. If you're into that, you know. Voy- I'm into voyeuristic black chicks. But, um, I, she, she basically, she kind of gives. She has this. It's very elaborate. She kind of ran it down to me one mm-hmm. time, and I was extremely impressed at how complex the system is. But she has this rating system. Basically, what she does is she she consumes this media, television, and movies, and whatever. Mm-hmm. And she she uh, she gives it a like she she rates it on how I guess black chick friendly it is like <laughs> and uh, she has all these different you know rating systems mm-hmm. and everything and she gives it a score or whatever and mm-hmm. you know pass or fail or whatever so 
uh, a lot of uh, if you're a black chick, you probably would really like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's, uh, it's 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 a little more complicated than men on film. Oh yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It is. Sur- yeah, surprisingly, it is. It, it's very complicated. Mm-hmm. She's got like there's all kind of ratings for like if it's like she goes into like if it's a certain caricature like mm-hmm. the Jezebel or the Mammy mm-hmm. and there's you can get negative points for certain things mm-hmm. and you know uh if you're if you if the black chick is a love interest then mm-hmm. there's so many points and mm-hmm. there's just all kind of different ways that she she rates the show so mm-hmm. it's it's very interesting mm-hmm. um then there's a uh, spawn on me now this this, this sounds, sounds kinky. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's uh, it's it's for gamer nerds, oh, gamer, okay. gamer types. Okay, mm-hmm. so I have to be honest and say I don't. This is not a show I regularly listen to, mm-hmm. uh, because I'm just like not that into gaming. Even when I was into gaming, I was only barely into gaming. You weren't into gaming like that, right? I was yeah. never into gaming like that, yeah. or else I'd probably still be into it. Yeah, and uh, so uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. But I have I have listened to the show, mm-hmm. and it is the quality is excellent. Um, these three guys they're like they're like a Voltron, okay? Mm-hmm. There's um, because independently they're all accomplished, and then together that as spawn on me they're accomplished. The mm-hmm. uh, the lead is um, uh, Khalif Adams is uh, the one guy. Then there's Cicero Holmes, and then there's uh, Sharif Jackson. Now Cicero Holmes. He actually hooked us up with um, one of our former guests, uh, Tamarat McCohen, the one who did the the independent film about um, the, uh, the 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 black relationships. Okay, uh, searching for the uh, oh, okay. searching for the black knight or something yeah, like yeah, something yeah, along yeah. those lines. Yeah, uh, I believe that's his cousin. So oh, okay. he was the one who put us in touch with each other, mm-hmm. and uh, <clears throat> but these guys. I have to give these guys a lot for like I said, they're they're really good. They have they and they're doing um and props to them for all the recognition they're uh achieving. They're they're making really big strides, you know, in the in the podcast world and in the gaming community. They've been on um very credible and big time stuff like NPR and mm-hmm. you know, a lot of other uh networks and you know, uh This Week in Blackness and um, a lot of them I could name, but they're just they're more like strictly gamer stuff that mm-hmm. you probably wouldn't know. Yeah. But as far as the ones that are crossover, NPR is one of the the bigger ones that jump out at you. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they've they've written blogs and different mm-hmm. things. They've uh, written for an, or uh, like NASA NASA television. Oh, really? And, yeah, yeah. Like like the seriously seriously accomplished these guys. Wow. So um, and even more so was. I surprised when when Khalif hit me up mm-hmm. and was telling me how much he liked our show, how oh, much okay. they're fans of of us. Oh wow! Which yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, and um, he asked me to to um, make a little promo that he, to run on his network, mm-hmm. you know, on the, on his show. Yeah, yeah. And the cool, I mean, that was so cool. I mean, that's happened a couple times, but mm-hmm. not a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And and no one has ever. Just asked me like, "Hey, won't you give me like a commercial for your show so I can play it on my show?" Mm-hmm. And 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 not like and not and not that this a, it's a bad thing, mm-hmm. but didn't want to didn't didn't ask to to reciprocate. Didn't right, like right. say, "Okay, and I'll do the same," you know, for your right, show, or whatever. Right, right. And I was like, just 
like wow that 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 really took me aback. First mm-hmm. of all, just to be complimented like that by another podcaster because mm-hmm. it doesn't happen a lot for yeah. me. Yeah, um, it meant a lot. And then you know some guys who, uh, like I said, are doing uh, some serious stuff. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, and yeah, and so sometimes I, it's an honor just to be nominated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's another thing. There, the, uh, I believe Sh- Sharif Jackson, he's won um, a Black Weblog Award for mm-hmm. uh, for his blog. So, like I said, they, they're they're Voltron. They really mm-hmm. are Voltron. Okay. And um, so, yeah, I have asked them, you know, to return the favor mm-hmm. and um, make a commercial for their show. And I'm mm-hmm. going to start uh, as soon as they're all in. I have like f- maybe uh, four between four and six shows that mm-hmm. I've asked for. Some little mm-hmm. twenty second commercials, and I'm going to put them together, and I'm going to r- start running them in the middle of our show. But um, so yeah, so big ups to those guys, and, and thanks a lot for them. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> then there's these new guys I met um, called Three Is Comedy. I like that name. Yeah, I like it too. Um, <laughs> Come and knock on my door. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I told them like, you know what? I'm going to call you Three. Three's comedy at some point, like it's just gonna slip out yeah. because I I can't help but not you know it just it just flows like that. Yeah, it's and, a great name. Yeah, <laughs> definitely so, catchy. Exactly. Actually, let's steal it. <laughs> <laughs> and there's there's uh it's three it's three's company in reverse. Mm-hmm. There's uh two men and one one woman. Oh okay. So yeah, so there's uh there's Jason who's the the producer leader guy, and uh, there's Mindy, mm-hmm. and uh, then there's Bob, mm-hmm. and uh, they're out of out of uh, L A as well. Oh okay. So. Yeah, so they they have a um a cool show and we found each other on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And so we've been kind of you know communicating back and forth and promoting each other's shows and everything and um we're I've asked them they've asked us for a, a commercial and I've asked them for a promo or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you know, we're going to be doing uh, some work together and at some point we're going to get uh I don't know since we have such a full cast and they have mm-hmm. 3 mm-hmm. Uh, logistically, it's not going to work to have all three of them on, at least not at the same time. So we'll probably have Jason on, okay. you know, uh, at some point in the near future. And uh, let's see. Uh, last, but definitely not least, I've uh, spoken about this gentleman many, many times. I haven't in a while. Uh, but the NDN radio uh, network, you guys want to check that out. That is Mr. Moody. Jeff oh. is Moody. He is my pod father. Um, he he is one of the few solo podcasters that can command my attention. Uh, for whatever reason, most solo shows I just can't really get into. It's just you know, even if they're, it's not a knock on them. It's just me. It's yeah. just uh, yeah. I just prefer the 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 yin and yang and the mm-hmm. give and take of of having two and more. You know. Uh, Host, yeah, you know, yeah. but uh, he's the he's the one guy that I can just listen to him mm-hmm. do his thing, mm-hmm. and uh, he can command my attention during the length of the the whole show. And he has several different. Uh, it's like it's just him all the time, but mm-hmm. he has different themes mm-hmm. and different names for the show. Mm-hmm. So it's it seems kind of like this. It's kind of the same show, but it's kind of not the same mm-hmm. show. You know, he's got Hood Love Mondays, mm-hmm. and you know. This and that, you know. And the, but, now, uh, does he do a show every um, every day? Or, no, he oh. doesn't. He doesn't do one every day. But mm-hmm. all, he at one time he was doing one almost every day. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's 
let's see, because he's on hiatus now. He's been mm-hmm. on hiatus for a while, so I'm yeah. not sure what he's going to do when he comes mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. But he's got a huge catalog of, mm-hmm. of shows because he's been around a long time. Yeah. And uh, but I'm sure he's going to have like at least three shows a week, if not more. Mm-hmm. I know he he had Hood Love Mondays. Um, then there was something on on Wednesdays. Um. Then he had something on Fridays and Saturdays, so he had like four like four shows a week. He's got mm-hmm. does a lot of shows, okay. you know, a lot of shows. But his shows are short too; they're not real long. Oh, okay. you know, his shows are like half an hour, yeah, forty, yeah, between mm-hmm. a half an hour, forty five minutes or mm-hmm. so, something like that. But uh, every now and then he might get a little long, or whatever. It's, it's amazing that his shows are that that short because he is very long winded. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it'd be longer if there were two people in there. <laughs> exactly. But uh, I heard that at one time, uh, probably, you know, before I, well, not probably, definitely before I started listening to him, that he he used to have a, a couple of co-hosts. Mm-hmm. And um, and they couldn't get a word but, uh, in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, B was telling me, um, he, but he, B, uh, Big B, he said he likes the show um, a lot better with uh, just Moody. Oh, okay. Yeah, Moody. Uh, doing uh, well, it sounds like Moody just likes the show a lot better with just Moody. So, <laughs> I don't know. But uh, now, in the end, is that is that like is he uh, Native American? Is yeah, he, no, uh, it's it's actually the uh, it's an acronym for N, mm-hmm. the letter N, the mm-hmm. letter D, and the letter N, and mm-hmm. it stands for Next Door Neighbor. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Next Door Neighbor Radio. I'm glad mm-hmm. you brought that up because yeah, yeah to the ear it sounds mm-hmm. like Indian. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, and uh, <laughs> so yeah, so check out those shows and those podcasters. Um, a lot of good content there, and. I just I, I am uh, grateful to all of them. They are all very supportive of me and our show, and I appreciate all of them. Um, there there are more. There's so many more. I, you know, I couldn't name them all, but I just wanted to name some that I don't talk about as much. Like you know, there's no nonsense show, which you guys know. I talk about them and uh, probably more than anybody else, and uh, maybe the in the in deep show um, with Big B and, and those guys over there. So, but you guys know them, so. I'm sure because we have a lot, a lot of the same listeners, you know, the no nonsense and in deep show. But uh, some of these other shows, I don't uh, think we have, a, you know, a lot of crossover. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure there are people out, you know, in our audience who are big gamers. I'm sure there are plenty of black chicks listening because there's a lot of Charlie Bell fans out there uh, who uh, <laughs> who would probably like uh, Amber's Yay! show. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Charlie <laughs> Bell, she just just slid into the studio. <laughs> so what's been up with you, Charlie Bell? <clears throat> Excuse me, hold on. <clears throat> Sorry, <clears throat> man, just still in mourning for my my brother Prince. Oh Seeing no! All the- everybody's everybody's like. Uh, Kind of onto the whole lemonade thing now. He's kind of left too. the li- the left the the Prince thing. Except there's the there's drama though now with the Prince thing. You know he didn't have a will. Yeah, you know what? That sounds so. like shenanigans to me. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but that shit doesn't sound right. That's really? You think he had a will and somebody's hiding it? I don't know if it was or, a will per se, but I know he had to have had a plan for what to do with his music and Paisley Park. And also, I'm sure there's people that he was supporting financially and he wouldn't want them to just be out there. You know, he was too conscientious about certain things. So it does. It sounds especially if he knew he was sick, which is, you know, now part of the other rumors that's going around. There's but so many. So I know. Many I don't even. You know what? None of it's going to bring him back. I think it's bullshit. I'm not even. I'm like closing my ears to it. I don't care. It's just. It just sounds like shenanigans to me. But um, 
yeah, Beyonce definitely. I mean, I know we're going to talk about it later, but it's definitely been a bright spot in a still sad, sad week, sad month. Yeah, I'm sad I've, year. I've been uh, <laughs> I've been following it loose. The only the only part of it that I've really been a little bit interested in is what happens to to his his estate. Um, it looks like his five uh, siblings, his sister and, and uh, other half siblings, are going to uh, divide it up. It looks like that's the way it's going to go. The last I was reading, so which you know seems fair to me. I don't know, you know, yeah. he he didn't have any children, so and his parents passed away already, so mm-hmm. that seemed like the logical thing yeah. to do. To yeah, me. They, yeah, they said according to Minneapolis, I mean uh, Minnesota law that uh, half sisters and full, I mean half siblings and full siblings, siblings are the are, same. Yeah, yeah, which so, makes sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, well, and so. that's how our culture is pretty much like that anyway. That's how we do. Yeah, like, for sure. Know. Yeah. So, so, and, and it's not just his uh, siblings. He has uh, 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 nephews and nieces, I guess. So the two the two siblings that that died, their their uh, their children are entitled to. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay, I didn't read that. Yeah. Well, that's a come up. Mm, yeah. Really. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, the okay. only thing I care about is what's going to happen with the music and. Uh, Yes, I, I read well, this. I, I'm guessing that there's going to be a whole, there's going to be another Tupac scenario. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking they, somebody going to get in that vault and they're going to get their hands on that music and they're just going to be publishing Prince albums for years to come. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I hope. Okay. No, I, I read that uh, Sheila E was asking the family uh, to let her control the. Uh, yep control the music she said she didn't even want any money about it she just wanted to make sure it was done right I yeah was just, i was yeah. gonna say i was gonna say that exact thing yeah. i was like i didn't know she had asked but i was like mm-hmm. the only person mm-hmm. that i could even envision mm-hmm. him entrusting mm-hmm. to handle it would be sheila e yeah. maybe larry graham but he's you know i don't even know like what his um sensibility would be with respect to that but um yeah i think sheila e would be the appropriate person yeah. i didn't even know his sister sang yeah, she uh, she released an album. I think the last album she released was in 2008. Mm. And she said something along the lines of, they asked why she didn't get help from Prince. And she said, well, if I got help from Prince, <laughs> he would take over. <laughs> and then you wouldn't be listening to my album. You'd be listening to a Prince album. And uh, Better than no album. Yeah. <laughs> like, and... That's a problem. Why? <laughs> it's work for pretty much everyone else. That's right, ever, exactly. <laughs> Prince has ever touched. Yeah, well, you know? But, yeah, but, uh, you know, a lot of the a lot of the people that have worked for Prince, you know, uh, you know, the, the family and the time and, and bands like that, that's one of the, that's been one of their complaints is that he... Oh, yeah, for he's sure. Like, he's too much of a... Control freak. Too much of a control yeah, freak. And, mm-hmm. We wouldn't even know who the family at the time or any of those other people yeah. were. Well, I mean, well, I get yeah, it. It's yeah, an upside yeah, and a downside. Yeah. yeah. Right. So do like they did. Like, let them do an album or two till everybody knows who you are. Exactly. And then go your separate ways and be mad at them like they did. Exactly. <laughs> Ooh, hello. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I know they're not mad when they get the Purple Rain check. Okay. <laughs> right? The Purple Rain check. Oh, I went. I know. <laughs> but I'm <fine. laughs> Oh, speaking of which, I went and saw Purple Rain in the theater uh, how'd you like it oh i cried i cried Aww. i cried three times <laughs> i cried during the beautiful ones because yeah mm. of course mm-hmm. it's the beautiful ones <laughs> and then that was that song was like the theme when i was in junior high school because you know that album that song was out around then so yeah. i can't remember exactly i was talking to my wife about it the other day i can't remember i should i should have uh, hit up my my classmate uh, Ayana Davis, she was like the huge, a huge Prince fan uh, back in the day. Shout out to Ayana. Um, she was like the first person I ever met that was just like totally like just, just 
into Prince. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. yeah. And then there was uh, another girl that was um, another classmate. She was the Michael Jackson, and they used to kind of go with each other all the time. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And they, they would always do, like, their speeches would be about Prince and Michael Jackson, whatever, and all that stuff. It was funny. But uh, funny. anyway, um, that, that song was, it was either the theme of, like, our... Like high school homecoming, no, I mean, junior high school, like a homecoming or yeah. something, some kind of dance or some yeah. kind of night, like a grad promish night. type yeah. thing or whatever for yeah. junior high school. Yeah, the yeah. beautiful ones. Beautiful was ones was definitely one of those songs that got made into a prom theme for yeah. many, a, yeah. many a school. But it's funny because, um, <clears throat> oh well, let me the purple rain. So I cried during the beautiful ones, of course, mm-hmm. and then I cried, of course, during the end when mm-hmm. he's singing "Purple mm-hmm. Rain" and he's like, and vanity is like. I mean, Apollonia is like, oh my god, like mm-hmm. I love this man mm-hmm. because I really. It was the first time I really, really deeply realized like how much Purple Rain was about, like the friendship. Like it's always thought of as like the super romantic song mm-hmm. and the super sad song, mm-hmm. but it's really about how like at the core of this deep romantic love, like mm-hmm. it was just like this deep friendship that mm-hmm. he wanted back, and it was so powerful. But the third part that I cried, which kind of was like surprise, not surprising, but I just. I guess I didn't really remember it, and mm-hmm. it kind of had a different resonance now. Probably now that I've lost my own dad, too, mm-hmm. is that um, <clears throat> when Prince's dad commits suicide, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, and of course that was jarring, and mm-hmm. you're kind of like in shock, but I didn't really start crying and like mm-hmm. getting emotional until he was like tearing up the house and mm-hmm. forgot, and then he finds this whole treasure trove mm-hmm. of his dad's written music when mm-hmm. the dad had said he never wrote anything down. Mm-hmm. And I started bawling when he found the dad's like musical Stuff, legacy, yeah. and then that's kind of like reminding me of what's go- what we're going through now. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, like the musical legacy is really what, um, you know, is I think just creating all this emotion and I'm looking forward to it and it's the thing that we're you know stay we're going to stay connected to forever so anyway <clears throat> shout out to prince <laughs> shout out to prince <laughs> rest in peace prn yeah mm-hmm. news and noteworthy the shiznit so you guys know that Houston is just really f- flooding. Like it's basically underwater. I mean, it's yeah. really bad. There's cars, you know, mm-hmm. cars that are under <laughs> underwater. It's so bad, and uh, people die. Yeah, people have died. Um, the last I've read, the count was uh, up to like seven, with like over twelve hundred people who have needed to be to be rescued and. And just like again, and it's, but it's affecting thousands and thousands of people having to evacuate and you know losing their homes and different things. It's just really terrible. Yeah, what's going on there? Um, <clears throat> but uh, you can act like climate change ain't a thing if you want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They they were saying this one town, uh, Palestine. Uh, I believe they got. It said they got seven inches in one day. Wow. Yeah. Charlie Bell, can you imagine getting pounded by seven inches in one day <laughs> for an hour? Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> when I got my prostate. Luckily, I don't have to imagine it. <laughs> when I got my prostate exam, it felt like. <laughs> and then that colonoscopy. Ooh. <laughs> So you feel Houston's pain? Yeah, is that I, you're saying? Did you have the colonoscopy? No, I haven't had oh, the colonoscopy yet. Yeah. Oh. The uh, the the uh, 
prostate exam frightened me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm frightened, Danny. I'm frightened. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my goodness. So did you guys hear about what in regards to the flood, the the, the reporter who um Draymond Green kinda gave him a little piece of his mind? No, I didn't. Yeah. You guys didn't hear about that? Okay, here here we go, Harley Bill. I got a, a clip. I heard just... about him talking shit about Jason Terry, but <laughs> Really? Yeah. Okay, uh well let me see. Well first first let me play the clip uh, about um what's kind of what's uh, going on in, in Houston a little bit. CNN has confirmed a sixty four year old grandmother and her four grandchildren died overnight, Ooh. swept away in floodwaters. Now police in the town of Palestine, which is just outside of Dallas, say their bodies were found some distance away from their home. Yeah, we're just getting this tragic uh, information as severe weather continues today across the south. CNN meteorologist Allison Chinchar has the latest for us from uh, the CNN Weather Center, and it's going to areas that have already had too much. That's right. Yeah, many of these areas have already had their wettest April on record, and now we're adding more rain. Just like this that you can see here. This is the radar estimated rainfall for the last 24 hours. Again, notice Dallas, Houston, and basically all the areas east of it. But notice one particular spot about halfway between both cities. It's called Palestine, Texas, the city you just referred to. This area received seven inches of rain in one hour, one hour, which is why they had such rapid flash flooding in that area where those unfortunate folks were found killed. Now, again, here's a look at this, seven inches. Now, some of these other areas, Roxton, Texas, Detroit, Texas, also impressive numbers, but do note that theirs were over a couple of hours. So it was at least spread out enough so that they didn't have quite nearly as significant flash flooding as the city of Palestine did. Going forward, yes, we do still have the threat for not just severe weather, but also flooding potential as the rains are continuing to slowly trail over the same spots over and over. Again, forecast rainfall accumulations are expected to dump at least an additional two to four inches widespread, but some areas, Victor, could get as much as an additional six inches of rain. Mm. Yeah, that's a lot. I read somewhere that I don't know how they came up with this number, and I don't even know if I believe it, but they said something like uh, Houston has received over 740 billion gallons of rain. Huh. 740 billion? Are you serious right now? Everything's like, bigger in Texas, man. Like, that is... Jeez, man. Yeah, we a, can't get some of that. <laughs> just a tiny, tiny bit of it. Like, not even 1%. <laughs> Instead of oil wells, they should build some like, well man. wells. Wow, that's crazy. That's water wells. Yeah. So, um, yeah, back, so back to the Draymond Green thing, uh, just to give you guys, in case you guys have been living under a rock and don't really know what's going on in Texas, uh, in Houston, how grave the situation is. This is so you'll know where uh, Draymond Green is coming from when he he speaks uh, this way to the reporter. So here we go. OK, uh, Draymond, uh, here's an interesting question. So last year you visit us. Uh, game three, the no flood. You win. Game four, there was flood. You lo- You lose. And this year, you visit us. Game three, there's a flood. You win. Game four, there's no flood. You, uh, uh, no, game three, three, there's a flood. You, you lose. Game four, there's uh, no flood. You win. Brother, so, you, you mean- asked me about the flood in practice the other day. You know, and I, um, I, I said I pray for the city of Houston because you don't want to see anyone go through that. I feel like you keep trying to get at like us hitting threes or something, and you're trying to get a controversial statement out of me. <laughs> But you're not because I feel sorry for the people of Houston. People are losing their homes, losing their cars, losing their lives, losing loved ones. 
and you're trying to get a controversial statement out of me about the threes we're hitting. I know what you're getting at, but you're not getting that out of me. It's It sucks. If I was from Houston, I'd do anything I can to help the city out. And I'm sure some of those guys are going to do what they can to help the city out. And you saw a donation the other, other, the other night. It sucks. Stop trying to do that. That's not cool, man. You keep asking me the same question about this flood. These people are losing their lives, bro. Losing their homes. Don't ask me that no more because it ain't cool. And you're not getting the statement you want out of me. That's not cool, man. Stop doing that. Now, um, I hear that after this, the uh, the reporter actually got fired. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I'm not I'm not uh, saying I'm on board with the whole firing thing. I thought, but I do like the fact that uh, Draymond Green called him out, you know, on it and yeah. kind of checked him. Good for him. Um, I don't think this comment was. You know, th- th- there's been worse comments, you know, mm-hmm. and I think reporters have been worse out of line. But I do like the fact that he called him on him and he checked him. And I I, I would have been happy if it ended right there. Mm-hmm. I don't think the guy should have lost his job behind it. But that's, you know, that's another thing. But I, I do. This reminds me of uh, something that happened a couple weeks back. Uh, my wife and I, we were watching. I think it was, uh, I don't know, probably Dish Nation or something like that. Maybe TMZ or something. And they had some behind the scenes and some, uh, some interviews of the cast of barbershop three. And <clears throat> there was a, a report, like an entertaining reporter type guy. He's talking to one of the co-stars on the show. I, I can't remember the, the guy, which guy it was, but it was one of the black guys. And he starts asking this guy about Nicki Minaj's, butt, mm-hmm. and like, if it's real and stuff, mm-hmm. And the guy is kind of like, you know, kind of thrown aback or whatever. And he he says that he thinks it's real or um, I forget exactly what he said, but I, I do think he said that he thinks it, he thinks it's real or but I forget. But you can tell the guy was kind of like off balance right. and was just trying to not offend Nikki, mm-hmm. but still, you know, keep the interview going or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I got a little pissed and I was telling my wife, like. That question was out of line. Right. You know, and I like, I wish a motherfucking reporter would ask me something like that. Don't ever, don't, because I, I said, I said, I would check them right there on the spot. Let a reporter ask me if Charlie Bell's breasts are real. Hmm. You know, I'm going to be like, motherfucker, why are you asking me? You know, I, first of all, she's a grown ass woman. Um, it's her own business. And if you wanted to know, you need to ask her and not me. I'm not her daddy. I'm not her man. Why are you asking me about some grown woman's, you know, body part or whatever? Hmm. Like, that question is just way out of line. Yeah. There's, like, no place for that. That's just wrong, you know. And so um, after me and my wife had that conversation, you know, this this thing happened. And that's why I was like, ah, see, that's what I'm talking about. That's right. That's what needs to happen. And then... I think you will get less of them that's doing like I said his this I don't think was as egregious as the Nicki Minaj thing um because you know he definitely was fishing and trying to be controversial and just all it just it it's none of your business it's none of your business um 
you know, you can speculate on it if you want to, if you are a host of a show or whatever, mm-hmm. and you want to bring it up and speculate on it like like we do about a lot of things. That's that's something totally different mm-hmm. than asking someone else, you know, putting someone else on the spot and asking them about somebody else's thing. That's just way out of line. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's also what is the role of a journalist, too? I mean, this guy is a sports reporter. I mean, I know part of it is, you know, controversy and clicks mm-hmm. and attention and all of that. But it's also about trying to probe into a story that's actually real, not just making some shit up, you know. And so yeah, it seemed like he was trying to draw some sort of correlation between the flood and their performance. Right. Yeah. Like in a in a superstitious type of way. Yeah. And, and in a way, but that it was sensationalizing mm-hmm. and also minimizing the tragedy that people are experiencing. Right, right. You know, right. and it was look, I mean and also as far as the Nicki Minaj reference, I mean, I appreciate that you said that, but I think part of the reason why it's it's easier to call somebody out on like tragedy pimping than like um sexism because like having kind of like like talk about women's bodies is kind of a, a thing that men do to bond over so it's a little more like he probably even though he probably was trying to avoid it it's it's a little harder to push back sometimes on something that people do naturally in you know maybe in, in the pri- yeah in the real life or in mm. the privacy of their own conversations you know and so journalists I mean, I think it also speaks to just the confusion between journalism and entertainment. Like, mm-hmm. that line is so... Blurry. I mean, it doesn't yeah. even exist anymore, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. I also think the, the reporters sound like there was a language barrier as well. Uh, there, he, might not have, he might not have completely understood how out of line his question was, because um, there was a language barrier and a um, cultural barrier. Um, I mean, I think that's being generous. I think that people dying in a flood is pretty much universal like there's no language in which that's not a tragedy yeah but i mean yeah. but him him drawing him trying to draw a correlation between the, do you think the flood helped you or hurt you i think that's i think that's what he was trying to ask and uh i i i you know i don't i mean it was it was inappropriate and but i don't think that he I, I think that part of it was uh, – I think part of the reason he asked – the question sounded as egregious as it did is because he might not have quite understood how badly his, what he was asking sounded in, in English. I think you're being very generous. Okay. I think, well, I, I, maybe I am. <laughs> I think but, trivializing people's lives is d- – there's no but, language but, 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 barrier But see, my that. thing is I don't think he was trivializing the people's lives. Well, I, 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 don't think, I don't think he understood how what his question sounded like. Um and uh, it, it sounded like it's, it's. I mean, the way you asked the question was really in in, in, in terrible. It was terribly. I mean, it was broken English. It's a poor taste. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. It was poor taste. But it, it might have been one. It might have been a cultural thing. That, you know. Well, I guess he wishes you were his boss instead of his boss <laughs> because they didn't, weren't cutting him no slack. On that. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Both. Both uh, Dino and I agree that he, I don't. I don't think he should have been fired. But, no. Yeah. That I don't agree with. But mm-hmm. I, I. I agree with Charlie Bill that I think you're being uh, pretty generous. Well, maybe I am. But uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm just giving you my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's also we don't know. We don't know if this was the one reason that he was fired. No, I we mean, don't. This could be. The, this could have been the straw. Yeah, especially you know. if Draymond, if he'd already, if Draymond had already said, "Hey, this question is out of line." Mm-hmm. In another setting, mm-hmm. you know, his bo- it sounds like but he see, might that's be what the I type of person. I wonder if the like the first time because mm-hmm. clearly Draymond references you know uh, another time that mm-hmm. he had he asked the exact same question. Mm-hmm. I wonder if Draymond just answered it. I don't know. I think. Um, 
Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't, it, it, it does kind of feel like he didn't get it. You know what I mean? The, yeah. the reporter, he definitely seemed like he didn't get it. Well, look, part of being a good journalist is being prepared. So if you're coming and you're asking this pointed question that could potentially be taken out of context, or you know, could seem could appear to be trivializing people's tr- suffering. And that somebody has already kind of shown resistance to, and you're already coming from it from a second language that you may be having a challenge with, then you need to be extra prepared. So, I mean, <laughs> it sounds like what he got fired for was perhaps he's just not a good journalist. Like yeah. his bo- his bosses were like, mm, "You're prepared. Like your shit was <laughs> d- like you don't know how to talk to people. Like you'd have your shit written down in proper standard English. Like you know that those are reasons to get fired right there. I mean." <laughs> Realistically, yeah. if you're yeah. a journalist, <laughs> just saying. Yeah. IJS. And I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what. Uh, I mean, was he working for a Chinese newspaper or was he? <laughs> Were his notes in hieroglyphics? Uh, well, I don't know. I, yeah, I, mean, I think uh, uh, one of the things I read, I, I, I thought he was. No, I, I, I wasn't joking. I, oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, I think I think he I think he worked for a Chinese newspaper, but I'm not I'm not sure. Um, um, wow. Yeah. Uh, that's that's why I was, that's why I was saying I, I I thought that maybe there was some sort of a because I mean the NBA is huge in China. It so, is. Yeah. So that you know. It is. They probably sent over sent over a reporter, and he probably asked a question that. But he had a Latin accent. I thought no, it was it was it was definitely Asian. I didn't hear Asian. I didn't either. Let's play it again. That's not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is what I think. I think that look. Well, I, I actually, I know, I know it was Chinese. I uh, I know, I know the guy was Chinese. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, I think that's not really neither here nor there because again we've. We've had we've seen our journalists go to China mm-hmm. during the you know earthquakes mm-hmm. and tragedies and you know I just can't imagine any I've never seen in any type of tragedy. Well, people if people don't quite understand the the culture. They you know they, they think they're asking what what is an innocuous question in their culture. Uh, they may not they may not yeah. you know they may not uh, imagine that. Whoa, what am I you know that I'm asking something that could be potentially insensitive. And um, yeah, I could I could see that. Yeah, that, yeah. I, I mean, I I get the the I, I buy the cultural thing before mm-hmm. the, I buy the language thing. Well, that, that's kind of that's kind of what I was saying. Culture, yeah. language, yeah. Yeah. interchangeably. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, speaking of uh, <laughs> speaking of media clapback and whatever else, it's been it's uh, <laughs> we we kind of didn't. Uh, get into this because of the whole Prince thing last week, but it's been going on for a minute now, the whole Birdman versus the Breakfast Club. Oh, my God. That was... They... they, they, they The internet has <laughs> been going in on him. And it's so funny to me because sometimes the internet gets it right and it's just so great when they do. It's telling like you, hilarious. Black Twitter. I'm telling you, Black Twitter is the apex of the internet. <laughs> it's the shit. So I'm going to play this interview is only like the whole interview <laughs> is only a couple of minutes so I'm going to play it in this entirety in case you guys have been under rock and have not uh, have not heard it you're watching The Breakfast Club y'all ready? yes sir I want to start this shit off straight telling all three of y'all stop playing with my name let's go on there let's go stop playing with my fucking name Let's do it on camera. 
Stop playing with my name. Let's I ain't go gonna right say on it. Uh, nigga, when my name come up, respect it. Let's go. Stop playing with my fucking name. All drill, y'all. Stop playing with my name. I ain't gonna say it no more. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. He done cursed us out. <laughs> tell him, tell him, get it off your chest, Birdman. Said it already. I ain't got to talk no more. Cause I I don't understand the angle. Like what? Like what? Said it already. So why come here? I did it already. I'm here. So what's happening? I mean, it's all good. But I'm, I'm saying here. why? 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 And I'm here. What's happening? I'm all good. But I'm yeah, saying why come here just to curse us up? What's happening, man? I wanted to see you. I wanted to talk to you on your man and your face. Absolutely. You understand me? I knew a few places you was at. I could have pulled up, but I don't think that was gangster. I wanted to come look you in your face like a man and tell you how I feel. Okay. You understand me? Straight up like a man. So no what's the shit, issue? No sugar. Ain't no issue. If it was an issue, you, you'll feel me. I just come to let y'all know, stop, put some respect on my name. You understand me? When y'all saying did, my name, put some respect on did you Did you pull up on Ross that way or Trick Daddy? Yeah, I'm pulling up on you, nigga. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm the radio guy. Why I pull up on the radio guy? Don't act tough with the radio guy. I hate my nigga. Y'all, y'all, y'all finished or y'all done? <laughs> I ain't got no more talking. That's right. All right. <laughs> 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 respect <Yeah>. yourself. <laughs> Put some respect on it. Open the grand closer. <laughs> All right. Well, there you have it. So good. Nah, we good. We good. You know, you know. There you have man, it. Man, what about all my notes? <laughs> we good. That's it. Damn, Quickest man. breakfast club in the world. Well, that's the breakfast club. <laughs> good sure morning. If you ever. Good morning. Good morning. Uh. I don't know why every time Angela, every time I hear Angela Lee go, what about my notes? <laughs> and the funny thing about it is that like after, after, you know, they, they discussed it, obviously what mm-hmm. went on at Lynn and she's like several times, she said, well, I had all these notes. <laughs> she was really upset that she did all that work and had all them notes. Right. Ready See, that's why she don't get fired. Like the other journalists, <laughs> she having her notes together. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this is where I start. First of all, Birdman sounds like he a eighty year old ex slave. <laughs> he, he's, oh, he's, dude, he, he clearly sounds like he's from the Jim Crow era. Come on. R E S E C K Find out what it means today. Nigga A. Nigga, hey! <laughs> and then he, he he looked like he was going to cry. You guys, I, I, oh, yeah. You guys can look this video up. It's everywhere. Um, just put in Birdman versus Breakfast Club or something like that. It'll pop up. And what you'll see though is not only was he sitting there, you know, like a trying to front like a peacock or something. He had like eight dudes at least seven yeah at least seven dudes with him in the studio all around like you know really trying to intimidate those guys and for those of you who don't know why he's pissed off is because uh the the crew have mentioned on several occasions about his kissing um little wayne in public on the mouth um they've had other guests on the show which is not their fault really who have decided to kind of diss um, 
Birdman, which is uh, like Trick Daddy, and uh, Rick Ross, which is why Charlemagne mm-hmm. mentioned, mentioned them. Did you? And those they're they're tough guys. Right. You know they 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 tough guys. Charlamagne's like, I'm just the radio dude. Why are you rolling up on me? And you ain't said nothing to the tough dudes, right? 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 You supposed to be your boss, you know, and all that. Why you? Why you fronting on the on the media dude? Trick Daddy and Rick Ross. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God! So the internet has gone crazy with all the memes and all the there. There are songs. They wrote songs about it. (laughs) Yeah. Here's one right here by the Hamiltons. It's just Hamiltons. Hamiltons, my bad. This is pretty <laughs> funny. Uh, I want you to put it out. Put some respect on it. Listen, when you say my name, put some respect on it. I ain't playing with y'all. Put some respect on it. And I ain't gonna say it. And I ain't gonna say it no more. Listen. Do you know this is about I to be a hit right now? Put some respect on it. But that ain't gay. Put some respect on it. I want to look in your face. Put some respect on it. I ain't gonna say. And he took his glasses off just like Birdman did. Are we finished? Put some respect on it. Or is we we done? done? (laughs) Are we finished or is we done? (laughs) All tree, y'all. All tree. All tree. Tree. I ain't gonna say it. I ain't gonna say it no more. So good. So good. The memes. I, uh, we could just do a whole show on the memes. Yeah, there's the tons memes. and tons of them. For the rest of the year, there's only going to be two sources of memes. One is lemonade, and the other one is this. <laughs> put some respect on it. They got uh, him in. They got him with bottles in his purse. Like put some respect on it. Like putting hot sauce. On oh my it. god, just, this is hilarious. crazy. It's so it's, funny. Uh, yeah, uh, very funny. Man, very funny. Um, he did call up. Afterwards, he tried to uh, he apologized to DJ Envy. He uh, talked to Charlemagne, or his people talked to Charlemagne. And he wanted to come back on the show. Charlemagne is like, I'm cool on that dude. Like, I never met him before. I don't need to meet him after. You know, I'm. You know, he's like, God bless him, whatever. But I'm. I don't. I don't need no more Birdman in my life. Yeah. <laughs> you know the thing about that that was. It's funny, and the memes are funny, and it's funny, but it was it's also, sad. Yeah, he, it's sad. he seemed like a very broken, like broke down part. Like, is he mentally ill? Is he on drugs? Like, he definitely seems like he has issues. And then, you know, it, look, and the, the very serious undertones is that Lil Wayne has basically said that he did, you know, molest him at a point in their relationship. And, um, you know, Lil Wayne was a kid when he joined. Um, I think there's it. been other allegations too, besides Little Wayne. But, but right, Little yeah. Wayne molested. No, 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 no. no. Birdman Bird molested, molested Little Wayne. Little Wayne was like 14 when he joined Cash Money. Mm. You know, and so, there's been reports of other uh, kids around the age or males around the age saying that uh, some similar things have happened. Right. Oh, so well, he needs to be arrested then. Yeah, he does. Well, well I, mean, I mean, if he's molesting kids, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I think that's part of the whole. This incident is kind of funny, but it's also like when you think about the the context of mm-hmm. in which it's happening. It's, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's not. It's yeah. sad. Yeah, it's, that's yeah, that's it's not, sad. Yeah. I mean, same thing with um, you heard about the stuff that the allegations against Africa Bombada. No, I haven't heard about that. Oh my god, you haven't heard about that? Oh I'm my not. god, Africa, same thing. Like same four thing. different me- 
men, now men, mm-hmm. have come forward and said that he was molesting God, them. God, when you get two, three, four wow. people saying, yeah, I mean, yeah. come on, well, dude. Well, it's like the Cosby thing. You know? Right. Exactly. It's, 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 you know, one thing when it's just one person, but, yeah. you know, you get a, a whole herd of people coming right. out. Right. Right. And so, um, <clears throat> it happens, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> and he's kind of, he's kind of a, come out and said that he's on like he's kind of like low key said that he's bisexual or whatever mm-hmm. and then and then even after this there was this um what's called a, a post and delete which mm-hmm. is just what it sounds like when mm-hmm. a lot of times celebrities like will, will, will post something <laughs> and then they delete it they because they think it. better of it yeah mm-hmm. but then sometimes it's, or their publicist does <laughs> right 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 so we don't know if if this was actually came from Birdman but it does appear to come from his legitimate Instagram mm-hmm. account uh-huh. but he posted uh, or like I said it posted to his account we uh-huh. don't know for sure if it was him or not um, or saying, his gay lover <laughs> saying that uh, the, the what he actually went on the. Uh, the Breakfast Club to talk about was the fact that he's bisexual. Mm. And uh, did, or, he, did he say bisexual or bisexual? Bispecual. 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 I want twice as much respect. <laughs> I want the respect both ways. <laughs> 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 Giving or receiving. <laughs> um, <laughs> Put some respect on it. So yeah, and then another another thing that he gets, uh, Charlemagne and the guys at the Breakfast Club, they give him a hard time about is because you know he he's got a reputation for not paying people mm. again with Little Wayne. So uh, I believe he just kind of had it up to here with the breakfast club um he kind of sees them as the face of all that is wrong in his life at least at the you know for a moment mm-hmm. you know and he, he went up there and took it out on them plus two you know they're all radio people so he you know he knew he could go up there and act tough and nothing would happen to him but yeah so i don't know it's and, and the funny thing about it is like <clears throat> even if he if he is gay or bisexual nobody cares like that Instagram came out. Hardly nobody's even talking about that, you know. But it's it's kind of not just him, but that whole clique. There's a lot of guys there that it seem they seem to be at least bisexual, if not gay. You know, you got the um, let's see, um, Young Thug. I think um, Young Thug has said some really questionable stuff. Oh, he also threatened Charlemagne after this this interview. He decided to, I guess, jump jump on uh, Birdman's bandwagon and threaten <laughs> uh, threaten Charlemagne. But uh, <clears throat> you know the Young Thug and Rich Homie Quan and these guys they 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 say stuff like uh, refer to other guys as their hubby and their lover, mm-hmm. my lover and my hubby, and mm-hmm. you know um, terms that uh, typical straight guys wouldn't use for another mm-hmm. male. Mm-hmm. So at least they're doing it the right way. <laughs> So, so. <laughs> what do you mean? You mean that they're waiting till marriage to consummate their relationship? Exactly, oh, okay. yes. what, what, what else could I possibly mean? <laughs> Wait till they put a ring on it. <laughs> Cock ring, whatever. Rings ring, a ring. Rings a ring. <laughs> 
Ding dong. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. So, uh, Beyonce's Lemonade dropped last Saturday. Oh, my God. And, I can't uh, believe Or the Saturday before last. I can't believe Kendall's not here. So wrong. <laughs> well, she also, she, she is in love with the Lemonade? Well, no. I just feel like I need yeah. another black woman here to talk about oh. this. Uh, <laughs> well, that's why I got two of y'all on the show, but I can't make y'all show up. <laughs> can't make y'all not be sick. <laughs> well... Um, I'll just give the short version now, and then we can talk about it another time. But um. <laughs> <laughs> I don't count on that. But okay, shut up. <laughs> so, well, okay. As as non-black women, what did you think? Let me hear your take on it. I liked it. Um, what I got out of it was it reminded me of Confessions from mm, Usher. Uh, yeah, like mm-hmm. as far as like being deeply personal and that's assuming that you know the rumors are true i mean because i feel like i know my wife does this a lot too and she's not the only one i think people in general do this uh you know take stuff that artists sing as as literal biography yes like every single word of it and and a lot of times they didn't even write the song right you know what i mean i mean neo's written songs for beyonce right you know so that uh, that he, uh, based on conversations he overheard his aunt's having. Right. You know what I mean? So, uh, uh, I don't know how much of this is supposed to be reflective of her, you know, actual marital situation or whatever, mm-hmm. but it felt it felt real. Mm-hmm. You know, at least the overall tone of it, it felt like it's based in truth. It, it felt like it's based in pain. Mm-hmm. It felt like that. I, I felt bad for her and mm-hmm. for any person that has to go through, you know, these type of heartbreaks. Um, and I uh, also thought it uh, impressive that, because some people can only, some artists can only write from their pain and some artists can only write from their joy. Mm-hmm. And uh, Beyonce is one of those artists that appears to be able to write from both, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I think back uh, on the happy Beyonce with the crazy and love album and stuff like that when uh, her relationship was all new and sparkly and it was a uh, you know a very happy mm-hmm. album whereas this one was 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 not mm-hmm. and um i think that that speaks to her talent that she can draw you know mm-hmm. from from both you know from from whatever her emotional state from all sides of the what, human yeah whatever her, whatever her emotional state is mm-hmm. she seems to be able to draw from that and to be able to create from that and i i'm very impressed by by that mm-hmm. And um, that's uh, that's that's about all I got out of it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, what do you think, yeah. Weasel? Oh uh, well, you know, I, uh, I remember earlier, like in uh, I guess the mid '90s when I went through my angry white girl phase. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it seemed like uh, it seemed like every other you know artist was every other female artist was coming out with you know. Um, you know, Alanis Morissette had uh, Jagged Little Pill, and uh, Fiona Apple had her uh, her thing, and it, it just it just seems like you know one of those albums that follows into the you know you know the 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 women expressing their rage um, about you know what's going on in their lives, and I you know I thought it was uh, I thought it was along the <clears throat> I thought it was in that same mm-hmm. that that in, in that same. Uh, um, 
it, it actually uh, to me it's it's really the first angry black girl album I've uh, <laughs> I, I, I've heard uh, and you know I, I thought for what you know for what she was expressing I thought it was uh, I thought it was really well done mm-hmm. yeah I mean look this movie and album affected me so deeply it was so beautiful I mean for one let's just talk about the artistry of it like she definitely has evolved as an artist and I think it shows in so many ways like you said just being able to express different sides of her emotions but also you know being able to marry it with the visual representation you know she's crossing genres so many different things she's the collaborations were super super deep um, but realistically, this letter, this this movie to me is a love letter to black women. And yeah, I think the 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 talk about the infidelity that's kind of just like the the surface level of it. There's so many different layers to this this story that she's telling and this movie that she's um, showing. And I think that it's not just about. It's definitely about the pain of infidelity, which so many women can have experienced and is very relatable. But I think it's also about the overall way in which black women. Um, respond to pain, express pain, survive it, transcend it, and create beauty and love, you know, in spite of it. And and that's what the lemonade is, you know, making lemons out of lemonade. And I think that that's why lemonade she... Lemonade out of lemons. Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and a lemonade out of lemonade is a little simpler, right? <laughs> but... Um, you know, and I think that's why she had the grandmother in there and the and the kids and you know, she's talking about her daddy and you know, we do have these imprints from we you know, we have this ancestral imprint, we have this familiar imprint, we have all these different influences. We have you know, the cultural in, imprint of slavery and survival and she she brings all that imagery and symbolism into it and it's it's just beautiful and I it's just so so appreciated and I think the thing that makes it unique and revolutionary in a sense is that she's the the thing that's really different about this is that <clears throat> she does two things i think is she states that it's it's oh not only is it okay for black women to express our pain when a lot of times you know black women are like oh you have to be the strong black woman you have to be you know the superwoman you can't express your pain you got to hold it in she's like no you not only do you have to ex- express it you have to it's it's a part of the healing process you have to express it you 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 are entitled to to feel pain and express it openly and not mm. only that but i think the other part that's like really powerful is this demand for accountability of the people who who have hurt us, whether it's our, you know, significant others, right? Our significant others, our parents, our society, the people that are killing our children. You know, I think it was very, very. It, I mean, it was clear that she was featuring the mothers and you know of of the slain black men, Mike Brown, Trayvon Martin. You know, the whole thing, and it's like she's talking about black women overall overcoming pain. And that um, we have the right both to express it and to b- demand accountability from the people who are hurting us. And so to me, that was like, whew, I'm getting a chill just thinking about it. It's so good. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Beyonce. So <laughs> let me ask you about this. Did you read that article? Uh, basically, <clears throat> fat chicks get no lemonade uh, or no lemonade for fat chicks. They just get in lemon shade is basically what this one, this one um, sister wrote about. She's feeling some kind of way because she feels like uh, she's not represented. She doesn't see herself in it except for the the desexualized you know, mother figures and whatever else and da-da-da-da-da. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? I mean, because my, my, my 
point of view is this is not about you. Mm-hmm. This is not about you. This is about Beyonce. And I, I'm really uh, had it up to here with people. There are some people who, who ha- I don't, I've never understood that the need to see yourself represented in every piece of fucking art that you consume, mm-hmm. you know, every piece of media, that, every television show that you watch, every movie. Are you really that small minded of a person that if the, 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 every, if there's not a character in, the, I mean, I understand. Don't get me wrong because I, I sometimes, you know, miss the, the absence of, of, of black faces on, on television or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, or in movies or whatever. That's not what I'm talking about. I, mm-hmm. I, I recognize that. I understand that. But I'm speaking to there's people out there who seem like they need to see themselves or a version of themselves or be represented in, in anything that they consume or else they can't. It's unrelatable. Mm-hmm. Really? You can't relate to another human being just because they're not they don't come from the same situation that you come from. Well, what about somebody who's who's the same color as you but comes from a totally different upbringing as you? Can you relate to that person? Well, you know, I mean, cuz mm-hmm. just because you're black, you really don't have there are there are let's face it, there are some people of opposite colors that you have far more in common with than people who are the same color as you. You know what I mean? Or the same size as you or the same whatever it is that you're looking for, you know, to, to feel validated or to to you know I just I don't I don't get it I don't get why you need to it, it, it's, everything is not about you mm-hmm. you know people have you know a, a right to to create from whatever they, they want and express whatever it is they want and if if that's not their story then it's not their fucking story so go have a fucking sandwich and sit down somewhere well I well, think I think okay. she's just upset because Jill Stewart I mean Jill Jill Scott hasn't come out with an album in quite a while. <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know when he, when he when it comes down to i i, I guess you know I, I i'm a little more sympathetic than you um no i i actually agree with you that you know everything isn't about you know you can't uh, uh, uh an artist can't be all things to all people uh that's impossible and, I, and but i i think this woman's probably expressing the frustration that you know people who look like her or you know her own her own um her own self loathing or whatever that that they're not represented that that she needs she probably feels isolated and alone because you know people who look like her uh are are probably marginalized more so than you know uh this you know hot, who look like beyonce <laughs> yeah who yeah she doesn't look like beyonce you know it's like it's a beyonce problem you know right. 99% of the world don't look like beyonce right. I, I, and? Under, I understand <laughs> I understand that but i'm saying that's probably what you know what she's you know what she's feeling is like you know i'm i'm never represented you know well, and, i i did read it and i mm-hmm. think that um you know i i don't agree with your um representation of what the lady is saying mm. um this woman first of all she's a a fat Activist, you know, she's like her her job is to um, c- culturally critique the representation of fat and especially fat black women in in society. And so, I think in particular, her critique was of Beyonce because Beyonce, just like what I said, in so many ways, Beyonce's you know the symbolism that she was using, she was going back and using symbolism, you know, from Yoruba tradition, from from slavery traditions, from you know New Orleans, you know, very rich cultural history and she 
put out some very iconic images of, spe- of things that were specific to black women. And she really was featuring and showcasing black women's beauty in so many respects. And in a way, it was very noticeable that the one kind of black beauty that really wasn't represented in her video was big black women, especially when you look at the cultures that she's drawing on, when you look at New Orleans, when you look at Caribbean, when you look at Yoruba, when you look at, you know, just black women in the South, it's a thing. Black fat women have always been a a part of our culture and considered beautiful. So for them not to be represented in this kind of iconic love song to black women, I understand what she's saying. She's saying, Beyonce, you know, you're really pushing the envelope with making sure that black women get this respect, this acknowledgement, you know, and that we're represented creatively. And just, you know, it just would have been that much more revolutionary, that much better if you had included this big part of our culture, which is fat black women. I mean, fat black women have been integral to our culture, and it's not a cult. Like, we, for us to, it's it's not part of our cultural aesthetic necessarily to degrade fatter or heavier women. I mean, that's really something that we took on from Western aesthetics, right? And European aesthetic more so. And so I think she's just challenging her on that. I don't think she's saying, you know, fat black women have to be in every single piece of art or media or representation. I think she's saying... No, I know she's not saying that. Right, right, but right. She's, she's upset because she's not in... They're not in, in this particular right. piece. But, because I, but I think it's because this is so powerful as a representation for and about black women in a in a very universal like Beyonce the reason that black women are so into this right now is because she does manage to touch us in a very universal way talking about different elements of our pain whether it's you know infidelity slavery seeing you know seeing our kids so because down she in the does such a good job on touching on so much of black womanhood she therefore needs to make sure she touches on all of it. I mean, well, you're your to me, I don't understand your your support of this woman. Basically, you're saying like well, I'm saying that when we're when we're when we're consciously pushing the envelope in terms of how we represent ourselves, then you Look, first of all, no one is, no matter how great of a job you do with your art or your work or whatever, no one is exempt from critique, especially not critique from another black woman. I, I don't believe in that. So, and second of all, I think that, um, yes, we do expect more from, we. the, the better you are, the more talented the, you are, the, the, the harder you're working, yes, we, we have higher expectations. We're going to have higher expectations of the representation that we get from Beyonce versus the representation that we get from Britney Spears. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, is it fair? Maybe not, but it's, 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 it's part of a cultural conversation. It's like, yeah, we appreciate how far you've gone, you know, but let's be even more inclusive. Let's really think about the meaning of the representation that we're putting out there. Obviously, Beyonce was so deliberate. She put so much intentionality and thought into every frame of that movie. And I think it is a valid critique to say, what about black, fat black women? Or what yeah. about what about uh, disabled black women? What about... Mm-hmm. Mentally challenged. Uh, what about the, the, uh, the domestic battered black women? What about? I mean, you could go on and on. But she did include some of that in there. I mean, um, I don't. You could, well, mentally challenged. I mean, she talked about mental illness for sure. She talked about you know battering and seeing you know black women the surviving. Is, the thing is, though, I mean, she can't be all things to all people. No, but I don't think. Well, that, apparently, she's supposed to be. No, I don't think. She, <laughs> don't, apparently, because that's that's basically your argument. I mean, all your. 
<laughs> everything that you've just said for the last however many minutes was basically in support of, well, she's done such a good job of representing all the other parts of black womanhood, but there's this one, it's noticeable that, and it's a valid critique because she didn't address it. It is valid because black women aren't a tiny, I mean, <laughs> fat black women are not a small segment of our community. They are, you know, probably half of, half of who we are is overweight and too obese. And that's not a... I don't feel like it's anybody's job to represent anybody or anything that they don't want to. Well, no one's saying it's your job, but it's something that we can critique critique you on and say, and suggest that you be more inclusive and 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 be considerate of the impact that having had she included big beautiful black women in it it would have definitely made a different statement and it would have been a powerful statement well, i was just gonna say it just it just kind of reminds me of like we were talking about either last week or the week i mean or probably the week before we were talking about with with black sitcoms that because of the lack of serious issues uh, being discussed, uh, or, or, or you know, uh, seri- uh, dramas, black dramas that every black comedy feels like they have to shoehorn a serious issue right into their um, into their their uh, uh, dialogue or dialogue or into their story their story yeah. yeah. And I, I feel like this woman is like because you know Beyonce is the one is the you know I guess the uh, the it woman the it woman right now that she therefore has to represent um, every single aspect of of uh, black womanhood and that's impossible for anybody um, you know and that's that's the, that's the way I feel about it. I don't, again, I don't think she's saying every single aspect. Obviously, black women are... No, she just cares about the one that she cares about, and which like is you, the one... Like <laughs> like no, in her, I mean... In her, it, uh, it, her group. I, right. I, I would... I would I would say let's post, if, if, you, if you're open to it, Dino, I would say post the... Um, article because it's i think it's the art the arguments that she's making is a lot more complex than what you're kind of encapsulating here and i think some of the criticisms are valid that's that's all i'm saying so speaking of uh black television shows uh, black dramas netflix is doing it again give it up for netflix Netflix is coming out with a show called um, The Get Down. Now, The Get Down is being brought to us by uh, by Sean Ryan and uh, and 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 Boz uh, Lerman. Now, Lerman is the guy who's behind like. Romeo and Juliet and Moulin Rouge and a lot of these musical type movies, as well as the great Gatsby from a couple years ago with Leonardo Um, and Sean Ryan D the shield, right? The shield. A couple other, my favorites um, that are lesser known or lesser successful, but still critically acclaimed. Terriers was great. Um, What else did Sean Ryan do? Um, I can't. Oh, the, the unit, the unit was a, didn't get a lot of shine because <clears throat> didn't get a lot of shine because on CBS, but it was a really good show. Um, so I'm very interested in seeing these two these two guys team up with this project. And then they have as a consultant, they have um, and, and a producer working behind the scenes Nas, because this show is all about disco and hip hop. It takes place in the 70s and it's 
covering like pretty much like the the birth of these different uh musical genres that are taking place in the 70s so uh of course mm. i do have a clip <laughs> you ever hear about the rising phoenix us living as we do upside down Pale-faced media tells us we all going to hell. But maybe we just the first ones to light the fire. Some try to snuff it out. But that's like oxygen to a flame. What's the get-down? You don't know what the fucking get-down is? Universal DJ Rule 17, Grasshopper. In order to fly, a DJ must trust his wings. And are these your wings? Yes, Grandmaster. Thy voice shall only be lifted to the glory of God. The other dude looked like Grandmaster Flash. I think that was. Clear as day. Dark as night. Darker light. Blue of contrite. But it's got screen broke hearts to light. So far away. Lost my sight. A candle flickers like this river. I'll miss it. I can never hope to hide it. I ain't certain that's a lot. I can never be knighted. I'm straight blinded. Bronx born blinded. Switchblade fighted. Double sided. Heart divided. Grinded. Cursed. Forever misguided. This wrong. It cannot be righted. Something bad happened tonight. Don't you okay? Yeah. You know what that, uh, when I think that trailer needs? Boy. Some uh, fat guys. <laughs> <laughs> some big fat black some, guys. Some big fat black guys. <laughs> <laughs> some representation. Yeah, be Malcolm 7X. Oh, MG. Malcolm XXL. That was a few years ago. But I'm. I. I have to say, generally, I am not a fan of 70s noir. Just not. Really? Yeah, I'm not. Oh, my God. I would have never thought that. You bastard. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not I a fan. I love 70s noir. I'm and not. It, don't you think that um, 70s noir is kind of like the grand, like, that's part of the uh, 
the genetic makeup of the wire. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can see that. You know, I, 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 I never would have thought that about you. I don't see that at all. Oh, my God. Yeah. But yeah, I don't, I don't generally like it. But I'm looking forward to this though. Okay. Yeah, I just I don't the the clothes the the the, the quality of the the that's why you of stuff back then and just that's what? why you hate the white shadow. <laughs> Probably, um, I just I've nothing from that period to me really holds. Well, I wouldn't say nothing, but very little from that period holds up. Most of it I, I don't like the writing the. the the production, the the style of clothes, the style of hair, a lot of times, and um, funk. Funk is the the best thing about the seventies to me. <laughs> yeah, funk definitely held up. The funk is the best thing. That's my favorite thing about the seventies. Other than that, I, I toast to the booty. I could kind of do without most of it. But this That's this so I'm look I'm looking forward to this though. Really well, the thing this. about Boz Lerman is that um, that he takes the basic kind of imagery and then he creates this whole pastiche it's he never it's he's never like totally true to the exact representation of it he kind of like glamorizes it mm. and and mixes it with different you know uh genres and different um he it's it's more of a collage like the way that he he makes his his visual representations are more of a collage so i mean i think he always makes stuff that's visually exciting i don't always Love his storytelling, but I think he does make stuff that's visually exciting. Mm-hmm. And also, I just saw Absolute Beginners a few weeks ago. If you guys haven't seen that, it's this movie by Julian Temple. Do you know who Julian Temple was? So, um, and it was basically, it almost is kind of like the mod version of, of what this movie looks like, but set in London. And it's mm-hmm. about like um, the skinheads getting, like, it's like an integrated neighborhood mm-hmm. with all these like cool kids and like mm-hmm. black kids and gay kids and everybody's running around and Chade's in it and David Bowie plays this like villain and it's a really good movie but um Baz Luhrmann definitely owes Julian Temple some money because like he took his whole he swagger jacked his whole aesthetic and if anyone who's interested in filmmaking and kind of like seeing where these different auteurs come up with their um their look definitely should check out Absolute Beginners hmm I never heard of it yeah yeah but uh, so another TV news, uh, Mike Epps. I mentioned to you guys a while back. Uh, I think it was still this year, might have been in the last year, that I liked him on Survivor's Remorse. He was on that show that LeBron James produces, and uh, it's about a ball player, a basketball player who makes it to the NBA, and you know him dealing with the 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 uh, the guilt of, mm. of of making it out of the hood and mm-hmm. and and. His family, who's his entourage. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, Mike Epps played the uncle uh, quite well. As, as I st- said before, I really gained a new appreciation for Mike Epps uh, dur- during that role, his tenure on the show. Um, so they did two seasons. His contract was up. He was demanding more money. So he got killed. Mm-hmm. So spoiler alert, you guys, if you guys haven't seen the second season of, of – uh, of uh, Survivor's Remorse, it, it left with a, a cliffhanger of him uh, – him in a, a bad car accident, which we now know is fatal because he uh, it worked out for him in real life because now he has a starring role on his own sitcom called Uncle Buck, which is a spinoff of the the eighties uh, John Hughes vehicle with right. John Candy, mm-hmm. and 
it seems an odd choice for a, a movie. I mean, for mm-hmm. a, I'm not a, a movie, show. but for a television show, mm-hmm. right? Nia Long is the the love interest. Um, I'm sorry, not the love interest. She's she's the, she's the mother of the kids, not his love interest. He has he's, a, he's playing the John Candy role, right? Yes, he's yeah. playing Uncle Buck, the title character. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, he's like the the unreliable, irresponsible uncle who is entrusted with taking care of the kids for you know whatever reason. And <laughs> unfortunately, I'm not very excited about this. Hilarity ensues. <laughs> The, the, I always like that. It's like, here's the irresponsible uncle. Watch the kids. Right. <laughs> right. And I'm watching the clip and I'm like, this is why I never liked <laughs> Mike Epps before, I think, you know, uh, I, I don't I, I hope for his sake that, it, you know, it, it does well. It, 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 you know, and it's, you know, it's a hit and it's around for years or whatever. But I don't I don't well, you think you, you don't, think you don't, you don't find him funny, right? Uh, uh, well, because to me, it sounds like he's a good actor, but, you know, put him in a comedy role that, uh, you know, that, that, you know, that. Well, put it like this. Mm-hmm. Whether I think he's funny or not, I don't, the, the, the writing, the show does not look funny. Yeah, yeah. The, it does does not look like a good vehicle. Yeah. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Period. Not, and I'm not saying it's his fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't think, uh, even even a funny person, I don't think would do well <laughs> in this, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that happens a lot, you know. Uh, you get these guys who are really good, and then they're doing something that's <laughs> the the writing's terrible, and they're like doing everything they can, and it's like you know, right? Because because yeah. uh, writers, uh, the the survivor's remorse is more of a, a dramedy, yeah. And uh, he's the comic relief on it, mm-hmm. you know. And he's he's good, he's funny mm-hmm. in that, and he's good at that, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um. I, yeah, I, I just don't know about. Th- Let me ask you this, Weasel, because when I was watching this, I was thinking about this this mm-hmm. dilemma. Now, you you being the actor, <laughs> Quotey Fingers, <laughs> actor yeah, of, uh, in, those, in those the group, are my, my Quotey Fingers. <laughs> no, I'm the just messing. Up. I, 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 I use them myself. <laughs> it's on my resume. <laughs> actor, Quotey Fingers. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just messing with you, man. Yeah. You, you know, seriously though, if. You were on if you were a ca- a cast member, uh, a main member mm-hmm. of a of a good show, mm-hmm. not a hit show, mm-hmm. but a good show. But you had a chance to, and not not that this happened like this with him. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he kind of overshot his hand, mm-hmm. and it, this kind of he fell into this. Mm-hmm. But I don't know; it may have. I don't know. Um, and then you had the the choice of starring. In something that you didn't think would probably make it, mm-hmm. which would you choose? Would you stay on the show that you're on that's good but not a hit, mm-hmm. or mm. go on the thing that's more mainstream where you're the, the you're the man, mm-hmm. you know? But it's kind of crappy. <laughs> <laughs> see, that, I, I was going to go with the Norman Fell conundrum. Um, uh, Norman Fell, uh, when he got. Three's company. He played. Mm-hmm. He played the uh, Mr. He was the, Roper. Mr. Roper. He was the original. He, you know, he was. I, I guess he was over fifty, and the show was a hit. He was happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he told the guys. He uh, they they came to him with the idea of doing the Ropers Roper's as a spinoff. spinoff right. He said no. Uh-huh. I don't want to do a spinoff. Uh-huh. I'm on a hit show. Yeah. 
if I were on a hit show, I'd be like I'd be like uh, Norman Fell. I'd, I'd be like, no, I don't want to leave because you know, even if you you're going to be the star of another show, there's no guarantee. Right, but this is not a hit show. Yeah, oh, oh, it's it's a good show. It's a good show, and it's on, mm-hmm. but you don't know how long it's going to be on because it's not a hit. Yeah, and you're you're going into the third season, mm-hmm. but you have this opportunity to star. In a show that I don't like, yeah, and I mean, well, a more importantly, that, a show that's more, not any good. That, yeah, that you don't or think they may that, not survive. Right, is really the uh, issue. That's the issue, right? Yeah. Whether you like it or not, you can get over Con- that. Considering the <laughs> amount of money, considering the amount of money that someone would get for starring, starring, uh-huh. I'd probably, I'd probably take the starring. Role. See, that's what I was wondering because yeah. I know that's relevant too. And then too, there's something for. Isn't there a certain amount of something? Because we we've seen. Uh, a lot of actors who have had their own thing a couple of times mm-hmm. and they, they still get chances. They yeah, still get chances. They have because, development deals. Right, they're, right. They're well or, known. Yeah. Yeah. So. It, yeah. It, it's, it, it, yeah. He's well known. So, you know, he's got a series. Okay. He, uh, we still got to use him. Right. Let's use him on this other show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you look at the cast of Friends, just about every one of them, they were in something uh, that failed first. Uh, and they were constantly, you know, in pilots every year. They were in, in new pilots. Uh, hmm. Yeah, uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, the uh, the goofy one. She was <laughs> Lisa Kudrow. Yeah, she was on Frasier. She was the original. Sec- uh, she was the original. Uh, uh, Roz. Roz on Frasier. Um, hmm. uh, Jennifer Aniston. She was on Ferris Bueller. Um, Joey. He had some show that was a spinoff of uh, of uh, Married with Children. I mean, they all. You know they, you know they were they were people that were like in the rotation of you know, every pilot. They <laughs> yeah, and um, and Matt, uh, Matthew, Matthew Perry, Matthew Perry, yeah. Matthew Perry uh, had something with Dave Chappelle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. buddies or something like yeah. that. So yeah. once you, once you get in that pilot rotation, <laughs> yeah. No, a lot of people. I have friends mm-hmm. who are in the Hollywood mm-hmm. scene, and that's how they make money, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pilot season. season, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they go out and they get paid a lot of money, and they, then they're on hold until yeah. Yeah, so that yeah. And for actors and writers as well. Yeah, yeah. So I guess I'd I'd probably I'd probably go do Uncle Buck. Mm. <laughs> if I was gonna be Uncle Buck, yeah. 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 And then, you know, Uncle Buck might be a hit, even if you know Even if it sucks. Yeah. 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 yeah true. Like sometimes Or they can retool it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes my I almost Or they'll get an Urkel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a breakout character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sometimes I just like I almost think that whatever my instinct is about TV, mm-hmm. like it's the opposite. opposite yeah. What happened. yeah, cause yeah. like I remember when Dancing with, with the, the Stars, stars. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's garbage. That <laughs> shit can't possibly last. <laughs> Meanwhile. That's the worst thing I've seen since Cop Rock. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. I was like, who came up with this desperate ass premise? I'm like, if we didn't want to see them at what they were good at, why would we want to see them at what they not even good at? <laughs> that was like the, that was a joke about uh, when David Letterman uh, started doing Late Night. Uh, he was he was uh, on Saturday Night Live. He was interviewing Gumby, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he said, uh, "So Gumby, why are you doing blah blah blah?" And Gumby said, "Why are you doing late night when nobody liked you in the daytime?" <laughs> 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 and uh, you know, so yeah, it's it, it's it's like that. You're like, man, that, this this guy sucked when he was doing this, and then you know he's on late night, and he's the king of late night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, evolution. Yeah, yeah. That and then yeah, you'll get the you'll get the or you'll get the breakout star that like, um, um, uh, that show uh, Blossom, where like Blossom was supposed to be the star, 
Mm-hmm. And then, but Joey Lawrence came out and the girls were screaming and uh, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the guy who played the father, he called his wife and said, uh, go ahead and get that patio. We're going to be here for a while. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> so another good show that's out that um, this show is already out. It's called Underground. And it's on uh, oh, yeah, the WGN yeah. network. And me and the family, we just started watching that, me and the girls. And we like it. It's it's really, really good. I was impressed. I was very, very impressed at the quality of the production on it coming from, you know, it was U, U, UG, uh, w, WGN, WGN, so I didn't know what to expect. You right. know, they're not known for, you know, great <laughs> no, television known or whatever. They're original reruns. Tele- right, right. So <laughs> I was like, okay, whatever. You know, and this it's a black show or whatever. Mm-hmm. And John Legend actually is one of the executive producers I just noticed last night in the credits. Um, and it's really good. It's about the Underground Railroad, and uh, the I like the writing. The acting is the stars Journey Smollett, um, um, whatever her new last name is. She got married <laughs> to some dude, and uh, also it has um, the guy from uh, the the Straight Outta Compton movie. The guy who played, I believe, it was the guy who played MC Ren, mm-hmm. the same guy who uh, plays. Um, he, I believe he plays on Walking Dead or whatever. Um, <clears throat> yeah, people were saying that that he was Dre, but he's not Dre. He's the guy who played Ren, and he, he actually looks a lot like that guy who played on the the uh, the uh, that thing with uh, the Tyler Perry thing with Alan Payne. Um, he looks a lot like that that guy to me. They look a lot alike. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it's it's very good, and um, been watching it. Been watching it with Don Don and using it as like a little, you know learning thing for her or whatever um so check it out of course you know it's 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 sad because of of the the subject matter but it's good mm-hmm. it's good it's very entertaining you know um and uh well it's like we were talking about with the uh the nat parker nate parker movie right mm-hmm. like it's mm-hmm. not that we don't want to see slavery stories anymore right, right, right. it's like we want to see them told interestingly and yeah. from our perspective right right you know? right yeah but oh speaking of slavery stories mm-hmm. not really this is just like <laughs> 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 my friend is a producer for tv one uh-huh and he produces some of the unsungs oh, okay so he produced he just Produce. Uh, he's in the process of producing the unsung for Corrupt. Oh, okay. When's he, when's he going to do the unsung of the Shiznit show? Because um, <laughs> <laughs> you don't get no more unsung than us. I was going to say, I, I think the whole premise of, of unsung is that at some point you have to have been sung. Mm. So. <laughs> no, it's called unsung. You never got your props that right. we qualify. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's the Shiznit in quotey fingers. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll speak to him yeah. see if we can get our spot on TV one but okay so he's doing corrupt that's cool yeah that's but cool. so anyway I went to I got to go see the show I got to go see the dog pound show oh, okay when he was uh, filming it for the for the segment and um ooh, just say the gin and juice and tonic <laughs> does, definitely does not help with the aging process <laughs> Wow! Yeah, no, it it doesn't. It does not. Mm, mm, mm. That it does. Lady of Rage came out though. She ripped it. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. She rocks rough. She was at the. Uh, she was at Co- I think was it Coachella. She was somewhere recently and was brought on stage by. Oh, probably someone. Ice Cube was, was think, there. Yeah, I think it was Coachella. Yeah. Yeah, they they uh, actually uh, NWA re- reunited for Coachella. Yeah, except for Dr. Dre. <laughs> NWA minus Dr. Dre. <laughs> well, Dr. Dre finally they they did get 
Dre there for some of the performances on one day. Oh, yeah. But w- when he was there, he wouldn't do any NWA songs. Mm. He did Dre songs. Like, Interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I guess you can do what the fuck you want when you're a billionaire. <laughs> right? <laughs> Shit goes down. We got half a billion at Coachella. <laughs> <laughs> In the Coachella-vator. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So, I don't know. That was kind of weird. But uh, shout out to uh, NWA for uh, getting to do Coachella after all this time. Mm-hmm. Thanks to the movie. Yeah. Here we go. So this week's Ask the Average Guy question comes from none other than me. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Yes, I am using our Ask the Average Guy segment for advice. It's a conflict of interest. From you guys. First of all, you're no (laughs) average guy. (laughs) Aww. (laughs) (laughs) So this is the You're far below average. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> Just kidding. Mm-hmm. We love you. Fuck you and fuck <laughs> so yeah, um okay. So I told you guys last last time about maybe it was last time or the time before last about Don Don and the the the, the hitting thing uh coming back creeping back up into I got a call from an administrator assistant principal or somebody like that <clears throat> the other day and it was that call that you get you know your parents get like is everything okay at home <laughs> oh wow <laughs> yeah because uh, apparently don don's been on the tear mm. um there was that incident i already, guys, already told you guys about where she kicked the, the kid for right. no reason uh then she uh was in class and they said she got up and started going to everyone's computer just kind of pounding on the keyboards mm-hmm. and went from person to person and did that and then there was another incident where she um hit a boy in the back Oof. right so i'm like okay all right well we're really gonna have a talk as soon as you know i get home or whatever and so i get home and i'm asking don don like what is going on why are you and so the the theme, I, I'm because I'm looking for patterns, and the one pattern, I, well, actually, there's a couple. The, the the first pattern I see is all this stuff begins with her providing unsolicited help or advice or correction. Mm-hmm. Don Don, like I said, she's very she's very pedantic and she's very bossy. Mm-hmm. You know, she does even to us. You know, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> at home. And uh, she has, <laughs> she can't stand to see someone doing something wrong, mm-hmm. you know, without trying to help them and show them the proper way, whether it's schoolwork or it's a game on the yard or whatever, you know. So that's where it begins. And these kids are annoyed by her, mm-hmm. right? And so they're like, whatever, go away, little girl. You don't know everything. You're not the boss of us. Mm-hmm. And so when they reject her, her offerings of correction, 
then she gets upset and she sulks, whatever, and then she lashes out at the next person who happens along. Mm-hmm. So um, that was the the thing that I noticed, you mm-hmm. know. And then also I was like, why why are you hitting these people? Why are they, they don't even? Have, I just I get so mad and I can't talk and and I just you know I just hit and so I'm like, okay, so. There's two things that's going on. You have you have to manage your anger and express it a different way. Mm-hmm. And but beyond that, we're going to start working on some preventive measures. Mm-hmm. Since all this stuff seems to be happening with you offering all this unsolicited advice, opinions, and corrections, or whatever you want to call it, or mm-hmm. how you want to frame it, you know. So I kind of get into her a little bit, and I'm mm-hmm. like, "Who are you anyway?" I'm like, "You don't do everything right, mm-hmm. you know you." You talk in class and, and you and you do these things and you, you know, get mad at other people and hit other people for not doing. Who's hitting you for not doing that stuff? Nobody's mm-hmm. hitting you for not doing it. Ooh. I'm like, you're not the teacher. You're All not right. the boss. Of anybody. You are nobody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you are not getting paid, you know, to go there and teach. That's not your job. Your job is to go there to learn. Mm hmm to learn and you don't even have all A's Mm -hmm. so I don't even know why you have so much time to help everybody else when you don't even have all A's Mm -hmm. granted you are on honor roll and you have you know all Mm -hmm. A's and B's but you don't have all A's Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. so that means you could be doing some you could there's work that you could be doing for on your own work you know on your own on yourself did you tell her when you do get all A's you can whoop all the ass you feel like (laughs) (laughs) Because maybe that would incentivize her. (laughs) So she got, you know, really sad and everything. And then, you know, uh, me and wife was kind of going back and forth, uh, you know, before, you know, earlier in the day. uh, Because I called her after the the administrator called me. And she's like, she needs, she needs, she needs consequences. She needs to get a spanking. She needs, you know. And the thing is, I tried that before, Mm -hmm. you know, and it didn't seem to help with this. So. You know, um, on the one hand, uh, it feels hypocritical to to spank her for hitting other people. Right. Yeah. That that's that's one part, and more than the fact that it's hypocritical is the fact that I've tried that and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm not keen on trying it again because I hate spanking her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hate the way I just hate everything about it. Mm-hmm. I hate yeah. the way she feels. I hate the way I feel right. for days. Mm-hmm. Right. For days, um, I, I feel horrible. And horrible, you know, about it. And it's not like, I don't think she's, you know, she's, I don't think she's making a conscious decision to hit these kids. I think she, you know, she loses her temper and lashes out. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we need to be focused on, on, uh, on self-management, on, 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 on fixing the behavior mm-hmm. rather than punishment. Absolutely. You know, and Absolutely. although my wife's her from her point of view is punishment is a deterrent and whatever. I'm like, that's not this situation, Pun- though. Punishment isn't so. really a deterrent, especially with regards to anger issues. Right. Well, that's what I mean. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. In, in, this, in this situation, that doesn't apply. Right. She's not like I said, she's not, you know, it'd be different if she was this was something like, OK, um, Danya go clean your room. Right. You know what I'm saying? And she yeah. refuses to go clean right. her room. Yeah. That's different right. than what's going on here. Right. So, I mean, 
I think. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm not quite done yet. <laughs> Almost. Um, so while I'm, while I was thinking, I'm you know, like I'm looking around and trying to think of different ways to deal with her her anger and whatever. Because um, <clears throat> we try to you know you know count the count the ten kind of thing and that kind of stuff and that doesn't seem to be working or it worked for a time but doesn't seem to be working now. And then it I don't know how it it, it popped into my head you know like. Oh, maybe, maybe if 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 she, because it feels like to me when she's talking, whatever, because it, it's not constant and it's not all the time, but it's like it gets pent up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? She gets pent up, mm-hmm. and I'm like, hmm. Well, what if she had like a release for it? Mm-hmm. You know? And so I went on like Amazon and on the net, whatever, and I saw like they have all these little kid, they have these little little kid boxing gloves and little punching bag things, or whatever, and. You know, her mother's always talked about her learning some sort of uh, martial arts or boxing or kickboxing or something or whatever for self-defense and whatever else. And I was like, well, I'm no self-defense teacher or whatever, but, you know, I could teach her some basic stuff to get her on the path to and, you know, until we can get her some lessons. But more importantly, it's something that like we could do together. And I feel like it would be a way, you know, like a release. Mm-hmm. I mean, sports have been used as a release for, you know, uh, hostility and anger for for years. That's nothing new mm-hmm. that 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 is a proven uh, way to to vent, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I felt like if she's, you know, uh, knocking his bag around or whatever, maybe she won't be so quick to hit someone. She won't be so quick to lose her temper and, and to be hitting to hit someone else. So, you know, I figure it's worth a try. Mm-hmm. You know, wife not having it at all. She feels like it's some sort of substitution. She needs to deal with her emotions, this, that, and the other thing, and all that. So, all right, now you guys can go. Well, she definitely needs to deal with her emotions, right? Mm-hmm. And I said it's mm-hmm. not it's not a substitution. Yeah, right. I mean, but you know, there sometimes <laughs> uh, you know that you know I, I you know I. I when you were talking about uh, taking a, a self defense class or martial arts or whatever, mm-hmm. a lot of times with martial arts, there's a there's a meditation um, aspect to it mm-hmm. that could help, you know, uh, channel the anger uh, and with the discipline. Or, yeah, and with self, the discipline. Self-discipline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you know, you know, a martial arts class it doesn't sound uh, doesn't sound bad. Yeah, but that that's that's something that would not be practical. Not, not, not that it wouldn't be practical. Mm-hmm. It's just not something that w- we could implement right away. I understand. That's something that would have mm-hmm. to come a little bit later. Okay. Which is, yeah. What about yoga? Like a yoga, like they have yoga for kids videos. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that, she used to and, do yoga yeah, at school. Really. But they have yoga yeah. for kids videos. And yoga that definitely. Um, but they had to stop it because the the, the religious connotation that some oh, people I, put I, on I, it. I yeah, yeah, but in your home. That no, no, no. I'm just saying yeah, that what happened at school. But it has, like you said, it, just like martial art. And yoga was actually created partially as to prepare the body for meditation mm-hmm. and martial arts. Mm-hmm. So, so basically what I'm hearing is basically meditation. Well, it, I'm saying that that is, a, that is a, a useful technique mm-hmm. that is going to help her develop control over her right, right. emotions but that's a long-term project i think for the short term there's a couple things that 
I would consider. Like what? I mean, I'm not a parent, obviously, so this is based on my experience mm-hmm. as being a child and just what I've read and dealing with kids. Mm-hmm. So one, I think the ki- when kids walk around with a lot of anger and or anxiety, which they're closely related, and, and you know, you've mentioned that you that she tends to be she can be kind of an anxious kid. Yeah. And so I think that um first of all you're on the right track with with teaching her how to adjust in the moment like even though the the counting to 10 or whatever isn't always going to help you need to teach her two things you need to lo- teach her to watch for her warning signs so that she doesn't let the anger and frustration build to that point mm-hmm. and then also you need to teach her to pause and do something other than hitting while you know in that moment so it's not going to be effective all the time and it's not going to be effective every time but she, you still have to teach her those two different kind of techniques mm-hmm. i think another thing that's super important is that you can't like you she needs to learn that a lot of times when kids act out or people not just kids but people in general when we act out in anger it's because we're afraid of the emotion that underlies the anger so you need to like be accepting of her emotions you need to say look it's okay for you to be angry there's nothing wrong with getting mad there's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with getting frustrated there's nothing wrong with feeling rejected or hurt you know it's just that we're not we can't you have to draw the line at hitting, touching. Hitting, right, yeah. You know, so it just I think the, the biggest thing for kids in in anxiety and anger is a sense of disconnection and rejection. And probably it's like compounding because probably when she offers this unsolicited advice, you know, she's turning to a kid that maybe kids don't want to hang out with. So then it's probably a sense of rejection that's building into more anger, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. I think that the most important thing is to help her learn how to build connections, you know, with you, with other kids, with people, and 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 support her in that. And one of the things they say is when you are punishing kids, especially as young as she is, especially with dealing with anger, like don't push them away. Like make sure that you are – stay connected throughout the working through process. Mm-hmm. Like let her be in the room or talk to her. Or, right. No, none of that isolation stuff. Right. Right. Which is why I said that I didn't want right. to do that part. So I think that you're on the right track. I just think <clears throat> that, um, you know, there probably needs to be a process of trying to understand what the sense of fear and disconnection and the underlying emotions is. And I don't know if, you know, if you might need a, a professional involved or if that's something you guys could probably I know you could probably at least start it on your own but I don't know maybe she might need and the other thing is she is a very gifted kid and there could be a and that whole need to like correct other people and kind of run the show maybe she's not be, maybe she's understimulated at school yeah, yeah. Even, I definitely know, think that's even though she's it. not necessarily getting A's and it could be that she's bored like maybe she needs to be moved up a class or maybe she needs some you know uh, gifted some extra gifted put her in college (laughs) (laughs) yeah she definitely won't be hitting kids (laughs) but um you know those are some suggestions that i i just think that being helping her to develop her emotional intelligence and and you being and modeling calmness and de-escalation and showing that like no matter how fever pitch the anger gets you can always work it back down you know and you have to model that when you talk to her as well Hmm. um so you know those are some of the things i've read and seen applied but i think realistically for her to be so smart and that's other things because she is so gifted and so smart it's a lot of times we forget or it's easy to kind of 
not remember that she's, she's a, a little kid, kid like yeah. still dealing yeah. with kind of some of the developmental issues that little little kids deal with you know and one of them is definitely managing anger and 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 rejection rejection yeah she 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 is behind socially and emotionally you know to some extent because <clears throat> she started later than you know some of the other kids and she is behind because she was skipped so right. she's like the youngest in her class Right. You know, so she's the youngest and the smartest and you know. Right. So yeah, there's a lot of room for annoyance there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So okay, that that sounds cool. I mean, a lot of that stuff is kind of where I've been at too. So I just need to keep at it yeah, and exactly. add a few more things. Yeah. Because I I do think that I, I don't think that she's had like a total relapse, but I do think you know because it's been you know several years since mm-hmm. the uh, the last incident. Yeah, but, but there's a pattern to right. it. Right, we don't want it to, and don't want it to <clears throat> lapse back into it. And then mm-hmm. not only that, we're thinking of um, see the the school that she goes to. They have two campuses. There's the campus uh, that Don Don goes to now, which is like I think it's like maybe third or fourth grade on down. Mm-hmm. And then there's the the campus that goes from fourth grade third or fourth grade all the way up to uh i think uh like uh junior high school mm-hmm. like the, like um eighth grade mm-hmm. so the that's the 42nd street campus mm-hmm. now that campus is closer to the house mm-hmm. and it's on it looks like it's shared it's like her school celerity with with also the 42nd street school, mm-hmm. but it's an actual school. Whereas now she has like, you know, like a lot of charter schools, it's, it's a building that's been converted to a schoolhouse, you know, that's mm-hmm. like not really set up for kids. There's no cafeteria. There's no mm-hmm. this, there's no that there's whatever. Mm-hmm. This school is an actual school. So, and it's closer to the house. So it, we're thinking about letting her go there. When then she goes there, she's going to be on campus with, much bigger kids mm-hmm. and you know it's kind of weird to me like i feel like she's been kind of lucky but kind of not lucky that she's never been hit back <laughs> but you know kind of feel like if if she got hit back you know by because <laughs> she's so little and so small mm-hmm. you know she can't hurt anybody mm-hmm. um which i think is part of the reason why she's gotten away with without serious consequences from the school mm-hmm because she is so little, she can't really do any damage. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> They're trying to give her a break. But, um, you know, she one of these days she could run into the wrong person and knock her block off. Mm-hmm. You know? And uh, I, I don't want that to happen. But mm-hmm. by the same token, if it, it had happened already, <laughs> that I can't think of any better uh, preventative measure. Yeah. <laughs> Teach her <laughs> passive aggression. <laughs> I know. oh she'll pick that up (laughs) all right well so that's it all right thanks guys and uh let's see oh before we go let me give a shout out to tara lynn thanks so much for uh she she said that uh our our prince tribute episode was really good and i take that as a big compliment coming from her because i know of no one who is a, a bigger prince fan than her she's she knows she, she knows a lot about Prince, so uh that's high praise coming from her. So Yay. thanks thanks a lot, Terry Lynn. 
All right. So uh, let's see. Let's get into our, our birthdays. It's your birthday, so I know you want to ride out. Even if we only go to my house. Sit more easy as we sit upon my couch. Feels good, but I know you want to cry out. Uh, uh, comedian J.L. Coven, happy birthday. My old professor and mentor, Ed Wetmore. Happy birthday, sir. Lots of birthday sex to you. Tim Young's birthday. Happy birthday. Angelique Burrell, another old classmate. Happy birthday to you. Lots of birthday sex. Carla Collins, comedian in pod... Uh, well, I don't know if she's a podcaster still, but she was a podcaster one time. Happy birthday to you, my lady. Jobani, happy birthday to you, sir. Blab podcaster. And uh, Gina Grad of the Adam Carolla Show. Lots of birthday sex to you. All right, so. Oh, um, before we go, uh, I'm not wishing this person birthday sex. <laughs> And this person better not be listening to the show, but happy birthday, Mom. <laughs> Why can't your mom get it? Because I don't want to think about that. Don't hate on mom. I ain't hate no mom. <laughs> that sounds like a personal problem to me, bro. I just, I just Mama, you better get your candle lit. <laughs> oh, I hate you so much right now. Better get your cake ate. <laughs> Uh-uh. I'll never be able to unthink that. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again for riding with the Shiznit Show. Please continue to share the show, everybody. I uh, believe you guys have been doing that. I'm noticing the extra downloads. So um, keep on sharing the show with your family, your friends, your loved ones, and anybody else who will listen. <laughs> Share us on all your social media. Um, don't forget to check out the Pod of Thrones, all you Game of Thrones fans out there, right here on this very same feed. All right, so uh, until next time, for Damon Louise Stanifer, for Charlie Bell, I am uh, Dino Red. And McGee. Do you see Kingdom McGee? Oh, no. I, I, I'm hallucinating right now. <laughs> <laughs> Dino Rez saying holler at your boy. From all of our crew to listeners like you, thanks again for tuning in to another episode of The Shiznit. And don't forget to tell your friends about the show. Check out our website, theshiznitshow.com, or hit us up on Facebook under The Shiznit. Follow us on Twitter at The Shiznit Show. Write to us at theshiznitshow at gmail.com. Or leave us a voicemail and make it sexy at 424-261-4878. This has been The Shiznit. You're listening to the Red Rock Podcast Network.